Today is Saturday, August 12, 2017, and this is episode number five of the ILC Radio Network, a joint project of the Iowa Lean Consortium and Zone Strategies. And today's guest is Tom Lawless. Tom is currently the president of LeanTech. LeanTech is an organization whose mission it is to help companies improve processes, become more efficient, and ultimately improve profit margins and bottom line. And Tom is also partner at the Lean Leadership Institute. So good morning, Tom. Good morning, Steve. You're over in Chicago, all right? Is that correct? Are you home right now? I am. I am. I am in Chicago. Home uh, home momentarily and then uh, heading back out again next week, I assume. Oh, yeah. Out, out Monday again. <laughs> out Monday again. Uh, well, uh, you've had a, a very exciting last uh, few weeks, and then you've got some additional things coming up in September. Uh, but one of the things that I wanted to start us off with, we've got uh, 30 to 40 minutes here, is just start you off and, and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how did you, uh, how did Lean, I guess, maybe become real to you? What is your background that, that brought you into this world of Lean, continuous improvement, process improvement? You know, I, I just started doing it uh, really back in the 80s, just um, it was just natural. It wasn't called lean. It was just, um, it wasn't cool at that time. It was just a way of a way of life. And coming from the military, it was, you know, it's everything we do, neat, clean, and orderly, right? So, uh, so to me, it was just a way of life. So you're kind of the uh, the Barbara Mandrell of uh, of lean. You 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 were doing it before it was cool. <laughs> before it was cool, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, because you had military background, and so you were again doing those those types of things within the uh, uh, the military. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was uh, enlisted um, for ten years, and then went and. And uh, got my commission, uh, and was then retired after 25 in the in the reserve system. Uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, uh, we do the same things. We just don't call it lean. <laughs> as as you've you know you've been involved in it as you said since uh, since the 80s. So you've certainly had a lot of opportunity to. Uh, see things that were, were lean in the truest sense and uh, things that were not. So uh, help us dispel some of those myths about what uh, what lean is and, and what it isn't. Well, you know, what I see, Steve, is that people try to just bring tools in, right? And tools tools are great, but it has to start with the culture. It has to start with behaviors. Um, lean is not mean. Right. Too, too often in the U.S. I see where, uh, you know, a company wants to implement me, lean and they, they, uh, they blame workers. They, uh, they just, they look at their, uh, they look at metrics and they don't see the foundation of how to get there. Um, and the foundation is, is once again in, in metrics. Um, I see, I see companies that go out and call. You know, they they make it uh, a okay. Their gimbal walk, which is going to the floor and, and go and see, right? But what happens is is that they make this 
kind of a uh, an event, and they don't just go to um, where the work is being done and talk to workers. They don't get to know workers. Uh, you know, years ago, even in the in the military, what we do is the farther you move in the chain of command, the more people you su- you support, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, when I go into plants, I go to the floor. I get to know people. I get to know what makes them tick. They'll talk. Once they trust me, they'll tell me ways to improve. Uh, and, you know, what we do in the U.S. is we, we blame the workforce. We say, well, lean doesn't work here because uh, of whatever reason it is. And, and uh, you know, I've heard so often well, you don't know our workforce. We're a union workforce. We can't do this. Well, you can do it. Um, Toyota proved that back in the 80s, in 84, when they um, did the joint venture with, with uh, uh, General Motors at NUMI in Fremont, California. Uh, they took what was considered one of the worst workforces, uh, at least in GM's mind, uh, one of the work, worst workforces in their company, and turned them. How? By treating them like humans. Uh, we all have wants and needs. It's pretty basic. You treat people right, and they'll treat you right. So that's one of the biggest things I see. And lean should be fun. Lean is simple. It's taking complexity out of your life. And what, what is it, though, about uh, um, American, if we will, um, um, businesses uh, business leaders, etc., that we, we tend to think that things have to be complicated in order to be successful. And so what do you, have you seen over the years, um, what has made that, uh, what has caused, I guess, maybe organizations here that are attempting to implement lean and deploy lean to move away from the, the true foundational roots of the Toyota production system? We want it overnight. We don't want to have. We don't want to work for it. Um, you know, we think that. Uh, hey, I read it in a book in a week, so it should happen in my workforce in two weeks. Um, you're changing behaviors. You're changing the way your leaders act, and and uh, you're you're trying to do a complete shift, right? So instead of your your uh, your leaders going down and and um, and, you know, focusing on numbers and focus, you know, just how they treat people. You're trying to change that, that, that behavior. Now, what I've done in, in the past is I, I, like in manufacturing in particular, um, I'll do safety walks. So what happens is um, in one place I was in, I, I said, okay, I had 30-plus engineers and, and salary people, uh, supervisors and engineers. And every day at 1 o'clock, I said, we are going to have a safety meeting at 1 o'clock every day. There's no way you can get out of my safety meeting. It's a half hour. And at a half hour, because I hate meetings, at a half hour, we're done. Okay, so you don't know who I'm going to pick in that half hour to talk. Now, what did they have to do in the previous 23 and a half hours? They had to go to the floor and they had to find people either doing things unsafe or safe. Now, when they did that, they had to go to the Gemba. They had to go and, and watch people work and watch their processes. 
and help to help work with those people on processes. Now, you know, it goes. <clears throat> what what started to happen was we started to see it's that it's it's that thing on lean, right? I'm getting people to go to the floor. They're working on processes. They're looking for safety, so we're including people in it, and we're in, we're eliminating the things that bug us or the stupid things we do every day. And you know, so the the workforce becomes safer, our quality improves, and the culture starts to change. Well, in too many places we want this overnight, and cultures do not change overnight. People don't change overnight. And if you tell people that they have to change, well, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think they're going to change or they're going to say, oh, I don't need to change, you need to change? We all need to change. Right, so you immediately create that element of, of, uh, of distrust and you create drama and we all know that we have a sufficient amount of drama within the workplace um, and there's, there's no need to, uh, to create more. And I think about, uh, it was an article, I think that you had, uh, you had uh, posted on LinkedIn, it was written by J-U-N, I believe, Yun Nakamura. And it's entitled "Retranslating Lean from Its Origins." And one of the things that really stuck out to me there was just the the differentiation or the difference between you know when we talk about kaizen, and you know it, it, we have as you mentioned we have these events kaizen events and and uh, we look at you know changing the the phys physical environment, the, the, the processes, the workplace, the equipment, that's what we tend to focus on when we do these Kaizen's. But it's interesting in the reading there, he's talking about the original concept of Kaizen really means changing one's behavior in order to benefit others. It's a state of mind. And it was described as that's truly the, the spirit of Toyota. And it's an entirely different word. I pronounce it, uh, I think it's a Cairo maybe perhaps, but that's really that physical improvement. You know, so we, we talk about we have these Kaizen events, and I think we do then focus simply on the uh, mechanical aspects of that improvement as opposed to the changing of, of our behaviors. Is that evident, for, uh, is that uh, what you have, have seen and, and uh, perhaps is, is maybe causing some of the issues that folks have with implementing and deploying lean? Oh, I believe so. I mean, we look, like you said, Steve, we, we look for things that are big Kaizen events, right? Um, we have to have some big grandiose event. Um, instead of changing, uh, making daily changes, little changes. You know, if we could say 15 minutes a day, we're saving 60 hours a year. So that's 60 hours more of productivity a year. And it's just saving 15 minutes a day. Um, Paul Akers, uh, Paul Akers says two-second lean. Just fix what bugs you. And it's so simple, right? It is so simple, but we make things so complicated. And in Kaizen, it's just change. It's change for the good. It's, it's, you know, it's making small improvements. We don't need big improvements. Yeah, but that's, again, that is our, 
our mentality there, isn't it? Uh, see that with projects and different things that we don't focus on the, the daily behaviors, the daily habit changes. Uh, you were recently, just a couple of weeks ago actually, at the uh, Developing Lean Leadership Conference in Greece. And tell us, what, what came out of there? What are some things coming out of there in that discussion with some of the, uh, the leaders in lean thought, lean enterprise, lean thinking? What's coming out of there in discussion about lean leadership? You know, it, it, was a, it was a great conference. Paul Akers spoke a lot, and what Paul talked about was, um, you know, go for precision, uh, get rid of, of sloppiness. You know, we accept sloppiness at times. It's, you know, when we, when we try to, once again, it gets back to the behaviors. See, in the Japanese workforce, they're raised to have discipline. We take discipline out. Um, you know, of schools and stuff. They have discipline, not meaning the discipline where you beat a kid or anything. No, it's, it's, the, it's discipline. It's everything has a place, everything in its place, right? And mm -hmm. it's just, so that's how they're raised. It's everything has a place, everything in its place um, from a small age. And so Paul talked a lot about that, um, very enthusiastic, uh, Great guy. Uh, Rizio uh, Shingo talked about um, uh, some of his leadership points, uh, you know, on, on some of his history, what he's seen uh, working for and with Toyota, uh, and what his father, um, you know, was able to accomplish and what he did. And uh, it, it was funny on talking to him about single-minute exchange of dyes he uh, he said that you know he he helped his father name that and it was basically because of golf. Um, uh, they didn't he didn't watch his uh, or his it, you know anything over ten was was bad. So they're always trying to get it under ten, right? Ten strokes mm -hmm. per hole. Like I told him, <laughs> if it was if it was me that did it, it would have been seven minute exchange of dice because I stop at seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and it was just how he, you know, it's leading with humility too, right? It's not, just because you're in charge doesn't mean that you're in charge. It just means that you you support more people. And we're talking about a guy that uh, he's, Rizzio has been all over the world. And he talks to, you know, not only, you know, he'll talk to any size organization. And he goes directly to the floor. He goes directly where the work's being done. Uh, we were in a wine uh, 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 producer in, in, in Greece, and he'll walk through and he looks at the, uh, at the retail side as well as, he, as, as the manufacturing and everything else, and he'll ask why. Um, you know, why, why are you doing that? What could you do better? And he looks at the person, he looks at the process, he looks at their eyes to see what, what they're really looking at. Um, and he talks to them. He'll ask them questions. Why are you doing that? Uh, you'll, it's nothing to see him sit down with somebody that works on the floor and start talking to him about, okay, so what are, you, what are you doing and how would you improve this? See, and that's another thing we don't, we don't see, right? We don't see – how often do you see – uh, a CEO or a VP walk through a plant and 
actually talk to the, the workforce. I mean, go up to them and watch what they're doing. Watch, and, and first of all, when you watch them, you make sure that you ask them first, hey, look, I'm, just, I'm not down here to criticize. I just want to see how the work's being done. And is that okay with you? And, and talk to them, you know, so that they don't feel uncomfortable. Otherwise, you feel like somebody's just standing over you watching you. No, talk to them. Hey, why are you doing this? Um, and he does that. Um, George Trichillis. George is fantastic talking about lean, uh, leading lean leaders at all levels. Um, he did some talk, some uh, uh, talking about that. He co-wrote uh, that book with uh, Jeff Weicker. Um, Dr. Tony Hampton, uh, a physician in Chicago, who does a lot with diabetes. Um, he talked phenomenal talk. See, it's not just lean manufacturing, right? It's lean everything. It's our health, looking at our health, looking at having a lean, healthy life. Um, so he talked, and he, he, was, he was a hit with, the whole, with, the, with everything. Everybody's talking to uh, Dr. Tony. He did a phenomenal job. Um, we had a couple of physicians there. Um, we had a physician out of uh, Winnipeg that was there also. Um, you know, lean is not just in manufacturing. It's in healthcare. It's in um, IT. Heck, one of my biggest clients is in is uh, is in the IT world. So it, it's all over. So when people tell me that it doesn't work here, it, it it works every place. If it if it doesn't work, then it's a leadership issue. It's not your people. It's a leadership mm. issue. So. Um, yeah, a lot of really good talks. Uh, people in the construction industry were there. Uh, they spoke about some of their successes. Um, uh, one guy that was there was from Japan. He has the uh, one of the uh, largest uh, construction companies in Japan, engineering firms. They build uh, uh, bridges and everything. And he was there. And he he is uh, he's followed Lane his whole life. So. Him coming there, it, it, it's not just a – see, in Lean, like you know, it's not a thing where you know everything. None of us know everything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we always need to go to something to learn from others. You know, learn from – I learn from Shingo every time I go and see him. Every time I talk to him, I learn from him. So – uh, Yeah, I think one of uh, – this was uh, out of uh, a book that we talked about last week called Practicing Lean. Practicing Lean was uh, put together by uh, Mark Graven, and he collected just a lot of thoughts and comments from lean practitioners throughout, uh, throughout the world. And there was one in there, one individual was, was simply discussing that uh, lean really is just simply, uh, the reality of it is, or a simple definition of it is just acknowledging that uh, we don't know everything that we need to know, and that's all it is. You know, we're continuing to pursue and understand the processes, the people, the way that we're doing things, and, and never at any point, you know, when, when um, I shudder sometimes when I hear individuals say, yeah, we did lean, I was always told, yeah, if, if somebody tells you we did lean, then they never did lean. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they just did not because they saw it as, 
just something to uh, to do and, and wrap up and, and finish. Have we lost the art? Would you say that have we lost the art of the question then as leaders? Um, you know, I think on in in some cases we have. Um, you know, here's what we do as leaders. Um, we don't go to the floor. We think we know everything. Uh, we get a kid out of college, and we uh, um, we expect him to be able to go down and lead people. Um, or we pull up our best and brightest technical person, and we expect him to lead, to lead people. And we don't train them. See, we've taken training out of the equation in, in almost every company. We take training out. Now I go back to the military, okay? We have, now don't get me wrong, okay, we have some, some problems there too. But I know where everybody's training level is. If they're an E5, I know what schools they've been through. We also don't put a, uh, a person that's like an E5 in charge of a battalion, right? <laughs> we, mm -hmm. we put them in, we bring them up slowly. And we, we move them, okay, here you're, you have a squad or you have a team. Now you have a squad. Now you have a platoon. Okay, so we bring people up, officers the same way. We know what, what, what training they have, and we nurture them. We mentor them. We coach them. We don't do that in the civilian side. Now, see, at, at places like Toyota, they do that. They bring them up slowly. You know, um, I was reading once where uh, Gary Convis, when he took over as, uh, uh, in, in uh, Kentucky uh, for Toyota, um, that the first thing they did to him was gave him a mentor out of Japan. I mean, here he is. He's, what, the plant manager or president of Toyota America, and, and, and they're giving him a mentor. Now, in a lot of cases, we, as an American, we might, say, we might take that as a slap, right? You know, you've run companies and plants and everything before, and here now you're, you're uh, being told, okay, I have a mentor. Well, it's not, a, it's not meant to be a slap in the face. What it's meant to be is that, uh, you know, every, everybody needs a mentor. Everybody does. So going back As, to the question on, okay. on why do we stop asking why, I, yeah, I believe we stopped asking why. I think we, we think we know all the answers. Yeah, and I think just overall the, the art of questioning, because I think um, the way in which questioning is done is that it is derogatory. It's, you know, why are you doing it that way, not hey, tell me, tell me your thought process behind this or show me what you're doing. You know, it's, it's, it's intended to, uh, it's, again, we, we've lost the benefit of, of asking questions because questions has, haven't been uh, guided uh, appropriately and oftentimes they are those types of questions that are the gotcha type questions we're looking for blame as opposed to looking for solutions as you were saying with uh, with Shingo uh, just simply saying hey you know you, you, you mind if I watch what you're doing and ask you some questions about how you're doing it and uh, and your process and uh, yeah I think 
I think that is, as I, as I travel around and work with organizations as well, that's one of the things that I've seen in leadership, the inability or the, the lack thereof to ask questions and then having the people comfortable in having questions uh, asked of them. So, yeah, I certainly think that there is a great deal of, of opportunity uh, going forward there. Now, you have an event, you're putting on an event coming up in September, the uh, Leadership Performance and Results Summit. Tell us a little bit about there, who's going to be coming, and uh, what can individuals anticipate uh, from, uh, from receiving as they, they uh, participate in that? Well, we're, uh, we're pretty happy to, we're going to have uh, um, Ritzil Shingo there. Ritzil will be talking about, you know, his life experiences, leadership, um, you know, leading change. Uh, we're going to have uh, Nigel Thurlow. Uh, Nigel Thurlow works, uh, he's working with Toyota right now on teaching them Scrum. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and he's worked with and for Toyota for over 15 years. So he knows Toyota. Uh, he understands their philosophy, and he's also going to do the um, uh, the A3, A3 problem solving, um, the Toyota way. So he's going to mm. do that on Tuesday morning, and then Wednesday and Thursday he's going to be teaching uh, certified scrum masters. So everybody that leaves there will be a certified scrum master. Um, we have uh, the opportunity to have uh, uh, Norman Bodak. Norman Bodak is the uh, uh, called the Godfather of Lean. Yeah. <laughs> um, he brought uh, he brought um, uh, Shingo uh, Shigeo Shingo over the first time and uh, helped translate his books. And um, he's going to be talking about the Harada method. Uh, so he's going to do a talk on that on Monday, and then he's going to do a, a short workshop on Monday, on Tuesday morning. We're going to have some breakouts Tuesday, and that's where uh, people that want to learn more about the Harada method will, uh, you know, have Norman, and then people that want to learn on, you know, from George on leading lean leaders will go over to that area, and and then Rizzio will have like if people, plant managers, CEOs, people like that want to want to meet with Rizzio, they can too. So we're going to have some good breakouts. Um, we're going to have Bob Hansen. Bob Hansen wrote a book on overall equipment effectiveness and financial OE. And you know where people talk about, well, yeah, but I don't have uh, equipment. I just have people because we're not manufacturing. Well, Bob's going to talk about. Uh, your utilization of people because in some areas people could be equipment could be translated into people right so that's what he's going to do is talk about you know the availability performance and quality of people uh, and you're you know you're getting them how you can measure that okay uh, trying to <laughs> off the top of my head trying to think. Uh, like I say, Bob's going to talk about that, Rizzio, Nigel, Norman. And I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, leadership from the perspective of uh, basically the theory side, the, the safety, not even theory, but it's the safety. It's going to the floor. I, I had a uh, 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 
and a, a COO once. Uh, he was a great mentor. Uh, it was in a transformation that we did, and we'd walk through, and uh, he he was on the floor every day. Every day he was in country. Now, this was a global country, company. So every day he was in, in the plant, he would do his walk. And he would call any of us. Uh, he, he might call you up and just say, okay, we're going for a walk. Be ready in five minutes. And you'd walk through. And he would give you what he called three grenades to throw every time, every time you walk through. Now, the first lesson, right, here I am, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to throw a grenade in here, right, in this area. Well, I wasn't waiting. I wasn't expecting his his response. Mm-hmm. He look, he looks over and he says, "So why? What would you do to change it?" And by the end of the walk, you know who owned that area? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now it was my opportunity to fix it, right? So, um, yeah. And and th- another thing was is that. He might not always get along with workers, you know, when he'd walk through because he'd ask questions and some of them were, you know, some people may, may not like the way he asked them. He was, he was from Egypt, so, you know, there was kind of a little bit of a language uh, barrier there. But um, after he left, six months after he left, um, one of the workers that him and uh, these guys never got along. In the few years we were there, never got along. This guy walks up to me and he goes, Tom, I really miss him. And I go, who? And he told, he said, you know, the old COO. And I go, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, you know, me and him didn't see things eye to eye, but I knew he cared. He was yeah. out here every day. He cared about us. He cared about the workforce. And you know what, Steve, this was a union workforce. See, I go back to, I hear people talk about unions and all this. I was in a place once where uh, um, they blamed their workforce on everything, a union workforce. And I walked out on the floor, and this supervisor goes, see, that's a problem right over there. And there was a guy sitting down, and I go, so who does he work for? He goes, well, me. I go, well, I'm starting to see the problem. It's expectations. People yeah. will do what's expected of them. And if you don't expect anything of them, they won't give you anything. Or yeah. if you expect them to be bad, they'll be bad. Um, you know, people, we're all, we're all human, right? We all have our wants and needs, and we're, we all put our pants on the same way every day. It doesn't matter um, if you're the CEO or if you're the, the value-added guy, and I do want to differentiate that, the value-added person that's, that, that's putting, that's, that the customer cares about, um, we all put our pants on the same way. And as much as a CEO likes to think that they're value-added, um, I haven't bought a product yet because of a CEO. Yeah. That, you know, that, that raises a lot of eyebrows. I've, I've, Mentioned that we, uh, with a manage uh, a manager's development class that uh, that I'm uh, part of uh, facilitating, we talk about that and say, you know, you as a manager, you're actually a non-value add. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and and it and it's it's hard for many to uh, to to swallow and and truly see that non-value add in the sense of 
you know, that direct uh, product or service to the customer now. Uh, you certainly, in the way that you add value is by helping coach, teach, mentor those that are doing that work. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a hard pill for many to swallow. Yeah, you might be value added but needed, but you're still non-value added. <laughs> and, right. And, and what do we do in, in America? You know, we talk about, um, you know, one of those things in the culture, right, where we alienate people. Why? Because we get rid of the value added. We come back and say, okay, well, I need to cut, I need to, to uh, uh, have a better bottom line, so I'm going to get rid of my workers. Well, the workers I'm getting rid of are my value added people. <laughs> right. And then guess what? My, my wage just keeps on going up if I'm the CEO. Well, is that. Okay, I won't get into the politics there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, we, we, we lose sight of what's really important. Yeah. And, and what's important is delivering value. And this goes way back. Deming said this is, his whole life was quality, right? Build quality in. It's all about quality. And we look at sheer numbers instead of quality. Yeah, I think absolutely. When you go back to Deming's chain reaction, what did he start with? Quality. Yeah. That's, that's, you, you start with quality, and everything goes. If you pursue quality, everything else will, uh, will follow. Uh, well, on, on that note, Tom, going to have to let you go this morning. I appreciate uh, your time. And those of you that are ILC members, don't forget that uh, there is a, a uh, discount for you as an ILC member to attend the, uh, the conference. And that, again, is September 18th through the 22nd, Hoffman Estates, uh, Illinois. So on the ILC site, which is iolean.org, you can find that there. And uh, the rest of you can find that as well at uh, leantech.com. That uh, is Tom's website, and you can learn a little bit more about what, uh, what LeanTech does. Uh, Tom, thanks so much for your time this morning. I enjoyed the conversation and uh, your insight, and uh, look forward to hopefully I'll be able to uh, attend at least a few days uh, of the conference. And uh, so I look forward to seeing you then and, and work, continuing to, uh, to work with you. I appreciate it, Steve. Look forward to seeing you. All right. Take care, and thanks, everyone, again, for listening to ILC Radio Network, and uh, be listening for additional guests uh, coming up over the next, uh, next few weeks, so continue to listen to our additional episodes. Thanks so much, and we'll uh, talk with you all again. Bye now.